Well, one of my favorite Sundays of the year has finally arrived. It's Vision Sunday. I look forward to this moment every year to share with you the direction in which I sense God leading us as a church this coming year. You know, 2021 was a great year. It was a fantastic year for us, for us as a church. It was a year not without difficulties or not without challenges, but you know, we've seen God bless us as a church in great ways. You know, last year we restarted our prayer meeting and prayer was the, the foundation on which we built on as a church. And, you know, as a result of that, we've seen God move within our lives and within this church. Over the weeks in 2021, we knew God's presence in a greater way. You know, we've seen God answer prayer in 2021. And, you know, one of the greatest blessings of all uh, it was at the end of last year, the end of 2021, we've seen God answer specific prayer. And we see many people come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Family members who we prayed for for years and years. And, you know, that's continued even into the start of this year. We've seen people recommit their lives even the first few weeks of this month. And, you know, it's fair to say that God is at work within our church. He's always working. He's always been at work within his church year. But, you know, we've seen that more and more in recent weeks. And, you know, we can only give glory to God for that. You know, it's not about me, it's not about us as a people, it's not about what we do, the programs that we run, although they are good and they are helpful, ultimately it's because of Jesus and we want to give him the glory for what he is doing and what I believe he's going to do as well. You know, I heard a quote uh, a few weeks ago by Pastor Tim Delina, who's the pastor of Times Square Church in New York City and he said this, he said, the greatest sign of God's favour upon a church is people getting saved. You know, God is moving in our church and there's a bit of a holy momentum over this last year where we've seen the Spirit of God at work within our church. And I'm praying that that momentum will continue into 2022. And so now at the start of this year, you know, we are looking forward to all that is going to come. I believe that God has given me a message to share with you, to share with us as a church about the direction in which he's leading us this year. You know, I believe that God is calling us to continue to build for the future. And God has given me a word today to encourage us, but also to challenge us. And you know, the word that God has given me at the start of 2022 for us as a church is don't stop now. Don't stop now. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be unpacking what this means. And we're going to be unpacking this by studying a book of the Bible together. We're going to be studying one of the last books in the Old Testament. We're going to begin today and it's the Old Testament book of Haggai. Now Haggai, he was a minor prophet. Now he, he's called a minor prophet not because of his age, it's not because of his reputation, it's not because of the impact he had or his status, but he's known as a minor prophet purely for the length of his book in which he wrote the book of Haggai. It's only two chapters long and Haggai along with another prophet called Zechariah they are known as post-exilic prophets, which mean that they were prophets who came about after the exile of God's people. And today I just want to read from Haggai chapter 1, verse 1. And it says this, On August the 29th of the second year of King Darius's reign, the Lord gave a message through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Now you might be wondering, what is going on in this moment here in, in the history of God's people? Well, I just want to give a brief overview of what happened right up until 
at this point. I'm sure if you've heard read stories of the Bible before, if you've been to Sunday school, if you've ever been to church, I'm sure you've heard of a man called Moses. He was called by God to rescue his people, God's people, from slavery in Egypt. And we can read about that in the book of Exodus. And God used Moses in great ways. You know, he sent the 10 plagues and eventually Pharaoh let the people of God go from slavery in Egypt. They'd been there for 400 years, but Moses led them out of slavery in Egypt through the Red Sea. And God was going to lead his people to this promised land, this incredible land flowing with milk and honey. God was going to bless his people. But, you know, a generation was disobedient. And as a result of that, Moses and a whole generation died out in the wilderness. They were disobedient and they ended up wandering around the wilderness for 40 years. They missed out on the promise of God. But then God raises up a new leader called Joshua and he had the responsibility of leading the people of God into the promised land. They overcome many enemies and and then they settle in the land and unfortunately they go back to their old ways. They begin sinning against God and so God has to raise up judges to, to bring the people of God back into line. But that doesn't go so well. After some time then, we see that the people of God, they, they eventually become established under King David. The, the, the first king of Israel was King Saul, and he was a, a wicked king, a king who started out great, but then ended up falling away. And so God chose David, a man after his own heart, to establish and lead his people. And then after that, became his son who was King Solomon. Then the Bible tells us that after King Solomon's death that the nation of Israel, the people of God, they were split into two and that was because of the mistakes, the sins that Solomon's son Rehoboam had made. We have the nation in the north which was Israel and then there was the nation in the south which was Judah and we see that these two nations unfortunately never come back together again. Now the Bible tells us that the nation of Israel in the north, they eventually come under the judgment of God because they were constantly disobeying God. They were repeatedly disobeying God and eventually they were conquered by a great empire at that time which was Assyria in 721 BC. Now the nation in the south, Judah, they were warned that the same was going to happen to them unless they changed their ways. But you know, the nation in the south in Judah, the nation of Judah, they said, that will never happen to us. That can't happen to us. God is with us. Not only that, we're in God's holy city of Jerusalem and, and there's the temple here as well. God will now never allow us to be overcome by the enemy. But the prophet said, no, look, judgment is going to come unless you change, unless you repent and live out your faith. Well, eventually, unfortunately, judgment did come upon the people of Judah in the form of the next great empire which had grown up, the empire of Babylon. And in, in 586 BC, Babylon, they not only conquered Jerusalem and not only destroyed the temple, but they ended up taking the people of God out of Jerusalem, out of Judah, out of the south, and they ended up taking them into exile and captivity. And, and the people of God, they, they were in exile for 70 years just as Jeremiah had prophesied would happen. Then in 539 BC, another major event happened in world history. We see that there are two great empires in this moment, Assyria and Babylon. But now, just like Assyria had collapsed internally, so the same was going to happen 
to Babylon as well. Persia, one of the nations inside the old empire, it now becomes a dominant power. And history tells us, the Bible tells us that in 539 BC, Persia conquers Babylon. But there's a big shift in the way in which the king of Persia does things compared to the king of Babylon. The ruler of Persia was a man, was a guy called King Sirius. And he was a harsh guy. He ruled with an iron rod, but he also believed that it would be a stable time if if his people were happy. You know, he, he wanted to have peace in his land and he wanted to do anything he could to keep the people happy. And so when he took over the empire, he issued this decree, which is actually found in our Bible and is found in history records as well. This guy, King Sirius, he allowed all the conquered people who were taken into captivity in Babylon, he allowed them to go back to their original homes if they wanted to. And this included the people of God. And so the following year in 538 BC, we read about a small number of Jews, not all of the people of God, just a small number of them, a handful of them, they left to go back home. They left captivity to go back home to Jerusalem. And we read about this in the first few chapters of the book of of Ezra. Now, as they get back home, as they get back to Jerusalem, the Bible tells us that the first thing that the people of God did was to rebuild the altar. We looked at this last January in our Vision Sunday last January. These people rebuilt the altar. They wanted to worship God. They wanted to consecrate themselves to God. In other words, they wanted to dedicate themselves to God and say, God, we are your people. And, you know, we looked at all the way throughout last year that the altar is the place of prayer. And that's what we wanted to do as we, we came back as a church even now. We wanted to come back and establish the foundation of prayer for us as a church moving forward. And that's what the people of God did. And then a year later in 537 BC, the Bible tells us that this small group of people, they began work on rebuilding the temple of God. This great temple which Solomon had built, which had been destroyed by the Babylonians. Now that the people of God were home, they were going to rebuild the temple of God, the place of worship. And then a year later in 536 BC, the Bible tells us the foundation of the temple was laid. Listen to what it says in Ezra chapter 3 verse 8 to 11. It says, the construction of the temple of God began in mid-spring during the second year after they arrived in Jerusalem. The workforce was made up of everyone who returned from exile, including Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, and his fellow priests, and all the Levites. You know, Zerubbabel, he was the governor, and Jeshua, he was the high priest. And it says the Levites, who were 20 years old or older, were put in charge of rebuilding the Lord's temple. The workers at the temple of God were supervised by Jeshua with his sons and relatives at Kedmiel and his sons and all descendants of Hodaviah. They were helped in this task by the Levites of the family of Hananadad. When the builders completed the foundation of the Lord's temple, the priests put on their robes and took their places to blow their trumpets. And the Levites, descendants of Asaph, uh, clashed their cymbals to praise the Lord, just as King David had prescribed. With praise and thanks, they sang their song to the Lord. He is, good, he is so good, his faithful love for Israel endures forever. Then all the people gave a great shout, praising the Lord, because the foundation of the Lord's temple had been laid. What a day that must have been 
It must have been incredible to be there. It was probably like the Millennium Stadium on Six Nations Day when Wales win and overcome their enemies in the rugby matches. You know, that's exactly what I'm sure it was like that day. The people of God, they were out of captivity. They were now back in their homeland. God had been so faithful to his people and they began to rebuild the temple. They rebuilt the altar and they finally laid the foundations for the temple of God. They were celebrating. Progress was being made. They were back home. God was at work amongst them. But then we read something happens here. Something significant happens. It's actually something that I've discovered in my own walk with the Lord. It's something that we see time and time again with different people in the Bible. And that is, it doesn't take long for our passion for God and for God to be number one in our lives to finally cool down. It doesn't take us long for us to lose our first love for God. It doesn't take us long for us to become apathetic towards God, the things of God, and the house of God. And the Bible tells us that the people, not only did they grow cold in their love towards the Lord, but the Bible says that they met opposition from other groups who had come back out of exile and had settled there before the Jewish people had got there. They had settled there and they'd met opposition. These other people didn't want the Jews rebuilding the temple. They didn't want them becoming the nation that they once were. And so this group of people began to harass the people of God. They opposed the hinder, uh, the people of God. They hindered the people of God. And this group of people, the Bible says, they eventually sent an official letter to the king at that time, which was Artaxerxes. And they sent this, people, uh, this letter to the king to get the king to stop the Jews, uh, the people of God, to rebuild the temple. They didn't want them to rebuild the temple of God. You know, the people of God, as you can imagine, with all this opposition, they got discouraged. They were finally home and now they were facing opposition. They were completely discouraged. And as a result of that, the Bible tells us that the work on the temple of God, that it was put on hold. Ezra chapter 4, verse 23 to 24 says this. When this letter came from King Artaxerxes was read to Raham, Shimshai and their colleagues, they hurried to Jerusalem. Then, with the show of strength, they forced the Jews to stop building. So the work on the temple of God in Jerusalem had stopped and it remained at a standstill until the second year of the reign of King Darius of Persia. The Bible tells us that for the next 15 years, absolutely nothing happened. The work on the temple stopped. Nothing happened. They'd been so eager, so passionate to start the work on rebuilding the place of worship after their time in exile. The people have been so encouraged by that. But now because of opposition and because of their own apathy, they lost that passion for God and the work on God's temple finally stopped. It was put on hold. It was stopped, put on pause for 15 years. It wasn't just for a few months. It was for 15 years. And now you might be wondering, what has all this got to do with us as a church this year? You know, we, we haven't really been in exile. We've been in isolation, yes, but but what does this got to do with you and me? You know, our church building isn't, hasn't collapsed. We haven't been sent off to a foreign land. What has this got to do with us today? You know, well, as I shared at the start of this message, you know, it's been so exciting to see God move within the life of our church once again over this past year, over 2021. We can sense, I don't know about you, but I can sense that God is doing something great in our midst. 
However, I believe that God wants to teach us a lesson here from Ezra, from the people of God here who came back from, uh, 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 from exile. And I believe that the lesson that God wants to teach you and me in this season is to not allow apathy or opposition to stop us from doing what God has called us to do. You know, over this coming year, we'll no doubt face difficulties. We'll no doubt face hardships as a church and as individuals. There'll be difficulties that will come our way, especially because of the constant disruption with COVID and the different variants. You know, I'm sure that, you know, it seems like the end is in sight, but we never know. Only God knows that. I'm sure there'll be hard times ahead of us this coming year. Not only that, the Bible tells us that as followers of Jesus, we have a real enemy. We have a real enemy who hates God, he hates the things of God, and he hates what God is doing in our lives. He hates you, he hates me, if we followers of Jesus. And the Bible tells us that Satan, the devil, the enemy of our souls, he will do anything that he can to stop the work of God and to stop God working in, the lives, in our lives, the people of God. You know, this year we will face times where we, we don't have that same passion, that same love for, for the Lord or for the house of the Lord that we once had. There'll be times where you feel like you don't want to turn up to church. You don't want to serve in church. You don't want to come along. There'll be times where you feel like that. There'll be times this year, I'm sure, where you feel like giving up on your faith because things are so hard and so difficult. There will be seasons where it will be hard and difficult this coming year and also in the years to come. I don't want to be a prophet of doom, but this is the reality for each and every one of us. But you know, the good news for you and me today on this Vision Sunday is that our God is faithful even when we are not. And the good news for us today is that our God completes what he starts. Whatever our God starts, he will finish. The work that he's begun here in this church and in his, in his church globally, it will be completed. The promise that he's given to us as a church, it will come to pass because God, his word will not return void. I love what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. He says, now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Did you hear that? COVID will not conquer it. Satan will not conquer it. Discouragement, apathy, nothing that this world can throw against the church of Jesus Christ will stop it. Jesus is building his church. He's building this church here in Abraham and in Gateway. He's building us as a people. He's building you and me. He will finish his work. And not only is he building us as a people corporately together, not only is he building this church, but I believe that God is building you and me individually as well. What God has begun in your life, he will also complete. You know, even when you feel like giving up on yourself because of failure, because of difficulty, even when others give up on you, know today God will never give up on you. God will finish what he has started in your life. He won't fail you now. I love what Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says. It says, and I am certain the God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Jesus will finish what he has begun. 
God is building his church. I'm not talking about the physical building. I'm talking about us as the people of God. He's building our lives. He's moving in this church. He's moving spiritually. I believe we'll see spiritual growth and numerical growth this coming year. And we see that happen here, even in the first few verses of the book of Haggai. Yes, the work on the temple had stopped. Yes, the people of God had faced opposition and everything had come to a stop and a standstill for 15 years. But our God is faithful. He didn't leave the state of his people or the temple in ruins. But God, he raises up a prophet by the name of Haggai. And God gives Haggai a message. And this message is to encourage the people, his people. And I believe that this message that God gives Haggai to deliver to the people at that time, I believe that this is a message for you and me today. It's a message for us this year. And the message is, it's found in Haggai 2 verse 4. It says, but now the Lord says, be strong Zerubbabel, be strong Jeshua son of Jehozadak, the high priest, be strong all you people still left in the land and now get to work for I am with you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. I believe the word of the Lord to you and me to, and to us as a church this year is don't stop now. Yes, there's opposition. Yes, there's discouragement on times. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's difficult. But God is moving in our midst. God is working within the life of our church. He's working in your life. And I believe God wants to encourage us today. Don't stop now. Let's keep trusting in God in 2022. Let's keep following the leading of the Holy Spirit within our lives and within the life of this church this year. Let's keep building the church of Jesus. Let's keep opening up ministries. Let's keep sharing the good news of Jesus. Let's keep pointing people to Jesus. I love what Galatians 6 verse 9 says. It says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. I believe that if we keep doing what God is calling us to do, if we don't stop now, if we don't put a if we don't come to a standstill like the people of God did back in Haggai's day, if we keep moving towards all that God is calling us to do, if we keep building his church, then I believe we'll see the favor of God. I believe we'll know the blessing of God upon our church within our individual lives, and we'll see his promise come to pass. And what is his promise? Well, I believe this promise is not only for us corporately as a church, I believe it's for individuals in our church as well. Haggai 2 verse 9, and this is what it says, the message translation. This temple is going to end up far better than it started out. A glorious beginning, but an even more glorious finish. A place in which I will hand out wholeness and holiness. Decree of God of the angel armies. I believe that there's going to be an even more glorious future for you for your family, for your loved ones, for our church. I believe there's going to be an even more glorious future for our community and for our nation as well. And the word of the Lord for you and me on this Vision Sunday at the start of 2022 is don't stop now. I want to encourage you today. I believe God wants to encourage each and every one of us. Let's not stop, but let's keep moving forward into all that God has for us this year. Amen.